and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Sherry, and I've been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through your sobriety. Now, let's go through this journey together. Hey, what's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you all had an amazing New Year's and a good Christmas. I know that I was gone last week. We were in Disney World for a little bit, and then I came home, and life just got super chaotic, and I know I told you I was going to take a couple of weeks off, but I couldn't take a couple of weeks off because I think I needed this just as much as you do. So my Christmas was really fun. Um, I spent it in Disney World with some family, and we got to go see the new Galaxy's Edge, we got to go to Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day, and that was absolutely awesome. It was magical and decorative and I even went on a few rides that I never would. Uh, My son really loves roller coasters and so I went on them with him even though I really wasn't like all excited. I just kind of sucked it up and did it. I'm that person who hates that feeling of their stomach like rising up into their chest and they can't breathe I'm like oh my god this is gonna last forever and it never does it never lasts forever but I am deathly afraid of roller coasters but I went on a few and I forget that Disney World isn't like built to scare children you know they're not gonna have roller coasters that are gonna make you crap your pants I guess Space Mountain is probably one of those and I got to see it when I did the people mover, it was on the outside. So the people mover takes you all around Tomorrowland and inside Space Mountain. And it's really kind of cool. But all you heard was people screaming. And I was like, oh yeah, no hard pass for me on that one. But isn't like that the one thing, of course, I make it through all these things in life and then I get taken out by a roller coaster. So (laughs) like, there's very few things that surprise me anymore. And that would probably be one of them. (laughs) I don't think I could um, handle that. But anyway, I really missed you guys. And there was so much that happened in the past two weeks. I got to spend some time with my mom. And she and I and our family went down to Disney World together. We drove down and oh my lord, was that an adventure. Um, But it was really cool because I got to put into practice some of the things that I've learned through this program. And I had the option and ability to talk to my mom and, you know, kind of help her see that some behaviors are not healthy from all different angles. And it really made the rest of the trip a lot better. Um, I was able to speak up, speak my mind, speak my truth. And I was even to advocate for my mom's side of things. So instead of yelling and screaming and pointing fingers like we used to do, um, or used to happen in our home, I was able to say, hey, mom, I don't think that's a good behavior. I don't think that that's necessary. But at the same time, like, I understand that you're mad. And so I'm hoping that that worked well for her. And I got her some Brene Brown books. And I also gave her my Glennon Doyle book. And I just want her to soak all those in and see all those and read those because those are some really good books for me at least that help me to kind of see things from a different point of view and understand all the outside stressors and how I don't have to form to them so 
it was actually a really good trip and I really appreciated that time with my mom and her wife and my kiddo and so we were we had a lot of fun some parts of it were stressful like I said but that's family and that's trips but those memories I'm gonna have forever and I will never forget crossing into South Carolina Um, it was kind of actually towards the end of the trip we were on the back roads 95 was a mess what a shocker right Um, the back roads were a bit of a mess and um, so we got back there and I'm telling you guys if you have not been to South Carolina they have got these huge huge trees and they're, um, they've got this Spanish moss on them. And they're gorgeous. I felt like I was in a movie driving driving through there. And they've got these little shacks and country stores. And then these huge plantations. And just absolutely stunning. I was awestruck. And it showed me that I really have not gotten outside my comfort zone and traveled enough. Because had 95 not been backed up, we never would have, you know, found those little areas. So... Um, definitely some good adventures, some things that I learned about myself, about my family and things that I can take with me for the rest of my life. So, um, one thing that we talked about on the way down was my uncle. My uncle has been a lifelong alcoholic. Um, as long as I've known him, uh, my mom says, you know, early teens into his twenties and he has had two strokes now. And he had to have heart surgery a couple of weeks ago. And he has not quit drinking yet. I've heard that he's slowed down. I guess he's gone to like not drinking for a month and then having one beer to celebrate. So that's good for him. I think that he is really trying. It's really been hard on him and his body. And the fact that he is still alive is mind-boggling because this disease is progressive. I'm really hoping that um, he doesn't pick up and go back to where he was. But, you know, I asked my mom, I said, did you tell him, (laughs) like, I'm sober? And she said, yeah, he knows you're sober. And I guess, you know, I don't expect him to reach out and say, how do you do it? You know, he's 65 years old and, you know, he's done with that probably reaching out part. And it really, really scared me. She said that he actually tried going to a meeting once, and it was about four months ago, actually. And it's what brought me to this topic of conversation that I wanted to have with you guys. And what an appropriate time for having this conversation, because we are in a new year. Um, When I have my meetings, and I look at the dates of people who picked up their monthly chips, or their weekly chips, or their yearly chips... January 1st is the busiest time for picking up your chip. So a lot of people have a recovery January 1st. And it's kind of an oxymoron. It's kind of funny because I don't know if people just decide to get one more binge out of the way. I don't know if they've just decided as a New Year's resolution they're going to do this. I, I don't know what it is. Um... So for me, there's so many people that are probably either new to the program or sober curious or want to know more about the program in general. And just like a gym, AA got busy. So let's just hop right into it. Um, This episode is going to be on the newcomer. And the reason that it's so important is because my uncle 
went to a meeting probably about four months ago. I think it was after his second stroke. And he was sitting there and across from him was a gentleman who had 18 years of sobriety, which is awe-inspiring, right? Like 18 years is nothing to shake a stick at. It is a lot of 24 hours, a lot of five minutes, and a lot of meetings. And what happened was my uncle said that he was never going to go back to that meeting again because of that guy. And I was blown away because I I couldn't understand how someone with 18 years could just turn someone away or turn someone off. And it was explained to me that the gentleman he was sitting across from, he had not showered in days. He looked homeless and disheveled. All he talked about was how nothing has gotten better. He is still in financial straits. Um, He was not homeless. However, his appearance, attitude, and thoughts on life were very much indicative of not working the program. So for my uncle sitting there, he was like, oh my God, this is horrible. This man still can't take care of himself. His life is still falling apart. He looks like he hasn't showered in months. And all he's doing about or talking about is how his sobriety is bringing him nothing. Nothing. There's nothing good about this program. And my thought was, oh my God. And my uncle, subsequently, never went back. And I really don't blame him. I I really don't. I have been to quite a few meetings where I've been turned off. And for me, I have kept searching. And I pray that if you have found a meeting that you don't like, there are a lot of meetings. Please, please, please keep searching. But how sad and frustrating for the newcomer to come in And want to be lifted up and want to hear that this program works. So that really broke my heart. And, you know, how we act, how we behave, how we represent ourselves is a complete resume of the program. So if you are going to meetings and you are not showered and well-kempt, and if you are complaining about how broke you are and how nothing has changed for you over time, then honestly, I'm not, you're not working the program. (laughs) And all you're doing is turning away newcomers because when newcomers come to this meeting, they want to see experience, strength, and hope. And at our meetings, um, when we have a newcomer come into the group, we always ask in the beginning, we have a script And most meetings do. Um, We have a script that asks, are you new to this meeting? Like collectively to this meeting. And then the next question is, are you new to AA? If you are, please introduce yourself by your first name so we can welcome you. And for our meeting, which this has happened a couple of times, where we will have a newcomer and we always start with step one. We always start with step one. And this will, there's been times where we've had newcomers like three months in a row every Saturday. And all we hit home was step one for three months. And I'm like, oh my Lord. But 
That being said, there's so much difference in everybody's experience, strength, and hope that you never really hear the same thing again. And different aspects of step one are really important for other people. We talk about acceptance. We talk about being willing to admit. We talk about things in so many different aspects. I don't think I've said the same thing about step one more than possibly twice um, because there was so much that went into it. So if you are running a meeting, here are a couple of things that I would really think you need to have for the newcomer. I'm going to split this into a couple of different things. Um, If you are having a meeting and if there's a newcomer, um, start with discussing step one. Uh, A lot of people have fear, anxiety, and doubt when they come into those doors. And if you hit them with a step 10 meeting or a step 11 meeting, you are going to scare the pants off of them. They're not going to understand that they need to be starting at step one. They're going to hear you say that you need to take personal inventory and admit when you're wrong and what happens if you don't. That's daunting to a newcomer. So if you are running a meeting, start out with step one. Start out with helping them see the acceptance process. Because yes, acceptance is the answer to all of our problems, right? But right now, what they're trying to do is accept that they even have a problem. Um, You should, a welcomer. Uh, This is one thing my meeting doesn't have. I really, really wish that we did. I wish that we had a greeter or welcomer at the door to shake people's hand. Um, It would be absolutely awesome for people to see that when you come into these doors, there's someone to greet you. I know a lot of us have social anxiety. I know a lot of us have anxiety about people um, or fear of people. And that's okay. That's that's fine. And the idea of having a greeter is more or less what's good for those people. They see that there's people there waiting for them, that they're not alone. It is equally important to have literature on hand. The pamphlets are free for you newcomers. If you're new to the program, we should have pamphlets at our meetings for you. And they're just little Q&As. Am I really an alcoholic? If you're at this meeting, I'm quite sure that you are. Also, um, we have pamphlets on if you're incarcerated or if you're a family member. There's lots of different pamphlets that you can pick up. There's also books. And I honestly think that the big books, which are $10 for resale, should be gifted to the newcomer. Um, This is something that even if they never return, they have it, right? So we're given Bibles in third grade. And, um, you know, a lot of us don't crack them open, one, ever, or two, until we need it. But when when we need it, we have it. And that's just something that's really, really important. I will take a picture of my big book and I will put it on um, Instagram for you guys to show you just how much love my book has gotten in almost 12 years. Um, It has been through the ringer. It is highlighted. It has pen marks. It has so much in it to include bites from dogs and bunnies. So this thing literally is the Bible and you will hear us refer to it as such in meetings. Um, when people come in, make sure to greet them. If you don't recognize them, greet them. 
if you think that they're a newcomer, if you think that they're from out of town, you never want someone to walk into a room and look around for someone to say hi to. Go over and say hi to them. Now, I am going to tell you, please, men, address the men. Women, address the women. This is not only proper, but it's also a safety thing. We are not, we are not Tinder. We are not a dating app. Um, you want to watch out for 13th steppers, guys? No 13th stepping. Ladies, no 13th stepping. And what is that? That means that when you walk into a room, you start getting hit on by someone who's completed the 12 steps. And therefore, that person should know better. If you build a connection with someone during your sobriety, during your rehab, that is absolutely fantastic and good for you. But for me, as a female who has had negative encounters with males throughout my life, I am not comfortable with a male coming up to me and talking to me. I am very guarded initially and I will wait until I've watched that person a couple of times, see how they react around other people. It took me probably, there's a gentleman in my group, uh, I don't even know his name, you guys, and that's okay. <laughs> I don't have to know his name, but it took me a couple of uh, three or four months probably to even say hello to him um, because I, I don't know him. And I, yes, I have a promiscuous past, okay? Um, but that does not excuse sexual assault and rape. And so I am very, very ca cautious around men. And I prefer the company of um, being around ladies. So please, if you um, are helping someone out in a meeting, please try to remember these rules, okay, guys? Let's let's not scare off the newcomer by thinking that they um, have to have a male or female of the opposites, like just just leave that be if you if you see someone tell another female member and this might piss a lot of people off but I don't care it's not about you it's about that newcomer and they need to feel welcome they need to feel safe and they need to feel secure I remember my very first meeting I actually said my name is Sherry I'm an alcoholic and I'm scared of men so please don't talk to me <laughs> I literally put it out there because I was like, um, there's a lot of men in here and I'm not interested um, in what anyone would even think about at this point. Um, there's a little book that we hand out at our meeting and in the back of it is numbers. And you can write down your number and then at the end of the meeting, you give that book to the person, men. Write down your number for men, women, write your number down for women. Um, that way they have someone to reach out to if they need help. And it's also equally important that you get their phone number so that you can call and check on them. Because a lot of people that come into the program aren't going to want to call and reach out. Um, I actually have a horrible time with calling and reaching out even just my sponsor sometimes she just sent me a text message before I started this podcast and she was like um I didn't see you on Saturday I was like yeah I know sorry I was out of town forgot to tell you she's like that's fine she's like I just haven't heard from you in a week and a half whoops so even if it's a holiday you know it it's not really an excuse to um uh, not 
check up on people or not check in with people because especially the holidays we talked about previously are really stressful times. So, you know, make sure that they have contacts, make sure that they have people to talk to, um, show them where the coffee is, let them know that the coffee is free. They don't owe any dues or fees and just let them know that refreshments are here for the taking. Um, Another thing you're going to want to do for your newcomer is offer them temporary sponsorship. You don't have to like walk up to them and be like, oh, do you have a sponsor? Do you want a sponsor? Do you need a sponsor? You walk up to them and you say, hey, I know that things are a little bit tough and difficult right now. The best thing we can do in this program is have someone that follows up with us or checks in on us and hopefully create a relationship to become a sponsor and let them know that that's an option for them. I don't have to be your forever sponsor, but I will definitely be here for you and would love to follow up with you to make sure you're doing okay. And then finally, at the end of the meeting, invite them back. Please come back. It works if you work it, right? Like that is something that's really, really important to everyone that is involved. Like, why would you want to go someplace, one, be completely ignored, and then B, at the end of it, feel like no one made a connection with you, and then no one invites you back? Are you going to go back to that place? Absolutely not. You're not going to go back to that place. I wouldn't go back to that place. So um, that is something that's very, very important, is being able to have the ability to welcome that person back. Just say, hey, I hope to see you next time. Uh, With the pandemic, there has been a lot of change in our meetings. And so for a lot of us, I have a friend right now who lives back home and is sober curious, asked me about how I sobered up. And of course, meetings is always my go-to answer, right? Meetings, get the big book, And start there. Um, And due to his mobility, he can't go to a meeting. And thankfully, from the pandemic, sorry, I can't talk. um, There's been a lot of virtual meetings. So he has taken it upon himself to find virtual meetings. And this is one asset that is absolutely fantastic. My home group quit doing meetings uh, virtually probably about a month ago. We just weren't having very many interests. A lot of a lot of us live locally, so we were um, coming to the meeting. I know for me personally, um, if I really, really need a meeting and I can't find where, where I'm at, which is ridiculous, um, but we have virtual options now. So If somebody wants to attend a meeting and they are afraid of getting COVID or they have mobility issues, make sure that you let people know that there are virtual options. Also, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I am telling you, it makes a world of difference. There is a huge community on Twitter. It's hashtag, or the pound sign for us old farts, recovery posse. P-O-S-S-E, Recovery Posse, hashtag Recovery Posse, and this community is phenomenal. There is a core group, probably about 10 or 15 people, that seem to be very active, and they tend to respond well and give help and support people. Again, I know it's social media, I know it's a different platform, but 
there is strength in numbers, right? And that's one area that is very strong. There is also other podcasts out there. I mean, not that I want to give anyone, you know, (laughs) away. (laughs) Please don't leave. Um, But I definitely suggest listening to podcasts. I suggest um, going onto Instagram. There's also another community in Instagram that is really good as well. There's quite a few followers of mine and people that I actually follow that really make my sobriety a whole lot, I don't know, better, easier, more fun. Um, so if you have Instagram or even if you don't, there is definitely, um, a reason to get onto Instagram as long as you can use it in a healthy way. I do know that some people struggle with social media, but some of my friends on there are cleaning out the closet seven, the booze free blonde, uh, let's see, I've got Starry-Eyed and Sober. Uh, another good friend of mine is, her name is Jen, so Jen moving forward. Uh, a lot of these people do awesome things for the sobriety community. Uh, some of us have podcasts, some of us are funny, some of us are just little motivational things like I am. I like to pose motivational um, quotes and such because... I'm not very good at the whole like making movies and the reels and things like that. So for me, I uh, I like to post motivational stuff. But there's a really good community there. And I think that's something that um, you should look into as well. Okay, this episode's going to go a little bit longer than normal. But that is okay because the next thing I want to talk about, I want to talk to the newcomer. I know that this is scary. I know that starting is intimidating. You kind of don't know where to start. And so here's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with you and help you get a little leg up on how this process could and should look. First of all, reach out, right? Find a meeting. Go to an open meeting if you want to bring a friend. Not all meetings are open. Some of them are closed. There's big book meetings, serenity meetings. So the best thing you can do if you are looking for a meeting to take a friend to because you're nervous or you're scared, find an open meeting. You can go to the AA website online and type in your zip code and it'll bring up a ton of meetings in your area. If it says closed, that means it's just for us alcoholics, okay? Um, When you get to the meeting... Make sure you ask about a big book. There is absolutely no membership or dues, just a desire to quit drinking, okay? Um, Keep it simple. Don't stress out too much. Listen. Let people share their experience, strength, and hope. Ask questions after the meeting. There is no crosstalk in meetings. Um, So the best thing you can do is watch people and Talk to them after the meeting. Find someone that you liked their story and go up to them and say, hey, I'm new here. I liked what you had to say. Um, Please keep in mind that while you are more than welcome to talk to the opposite sex, I do highly suggest, again, staying within your own sex. A couple of other things outside of the meeting, people, places, and things, okay? 
these are all things that hinder your sobriety or enhance your sobriety depending on what they are. Keeping away from bars, toxic relationships, um, going to meetings, these are all things that either enhance or hinder your sobriety. And so if there is something that is toxic, if there is something that is not some place that you feel safe, change that. Don't go back to it. I know easier said than done sometimes. I was with a my husband at the time and he would ask me all the time, oh, did you go and meet a boy? Did you go meet? No, dummy. I went to AA meetings and it took me a long time, you guys. I had to dig down deep to my toes and tell him I am going to a meeting. I was in a very controlling relationship for a very long time. And so for me to find my voice and say, I'm going to a meeting was literally the only time I found my voice with him, but I was going to a meeting because I knew that I needed to be going to AA. Um, It wasn't until after I started going that I knew I needed to go. But once I realized just how much of an alcoholic I was and how big my problem actually was, I knew it was the right place to be. Um, Be routine. Be productive. The best thing that you can do is don't count the time. Make the time count. Start a new hobby. Fill voids in your life with healthy behavior and hang out with people who inspire you. What is healthy behavior? Taking a walk every day, reading a book, watching a show that makes you laugh. Some unhealthy behaviors are reaching out to people who you think will make you feel better that you've had problems with in the past. Getting hooked on social media and comparing your story and your life to other people. Um, going to bars, going out with friends who say, yeah, we support you, but really they take you out and end up making fun of you for not drinking all the time. These are not healthy behaviors. Working out, book, walk, spending time with family, if that's a healthy choice. So make sure that you get into a routine because the more routine that you are with your day, the less time you have to think about alcohol. I promise you it's not easy. It's not easy. There's times where you have to take it five minutes at a time. 24 hours a day is all that we expect of a, of you, of us, of each other. 24 hours a day. And sometimes those 24 hours a day can last a week. I'm not even close to kidding you. Those 24 hours are horrible. Um, definitely read the book, book. Read the big book. Read 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Read the... Um, stories in the back of the big book, go to meetings. Um, I did 90 minutes in 90 minutes, 90 meetings in 90 days. And that was absolutely phenomenal. Every single day I was getting to hear a different perspective, a different story. And it was just so refreshing. Um, so go to a meeting if you have nothing else to do and you get antsy prayer and meditation. This does not mean what you think it is. This means that You are going to take time and silence and quiet and think about the things that you want for your life. This does not mean you're a Christian now. This does not mean you have to pray to God. This does not have any religious implication. What this has is time for you to sit, be alone with your thoughts, 
meditate on what you want for your life, for your sobriety, for your future. I do this on the daily outside of my regular prayer. Um, If you are a Christian and you want to pray, go for it. But that silent time, that prayer and meditation is so insanely important to our mental health. Um, Get sober contacts. When you go to a meeting or when you end up on Twitter or Instagram um, in those recovery program contact reaching people, get those contacts. Talk to people. Stay in touch with people. Staying in touch with sober people is one of the best things that you can do. Try different meetings. Find a home for yourself. You don't have to be stuck to one meeting. I have a couple of people in my home group that actually go to um, two or three different meetings and their home group is not our Saturday morning, but they're there every Saturday. Share. When you get to a meeting and even if it's your first one, and you are scared out of your mind, and you just need to get things off your chest, share. Share why you're there. Share that experience because you might not be the only newcomer there. If you are not the only newcomer there and you share that you're a newcomer, imagine what that can do for the other person. So do not be afraid to share. Do not hold back. Um Make sure that if you see someone you know, anonymity is very important. This goes for both parties. Anonymity. You have to, whether or not we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People want to talk about their alcoholism at their pace. It is not your job to come home and say, oh my God, you'll never believe who I saw at the meeting today. Not your job. Don't do it. That is a very poor behavior and it takes away the safety and the comfort of what those meetings are for. Um, the freshman 15, we get it in AA too when we quit drinking. Oh my God, did I gain so much weight? Don't worry, you're going to gain weight. All right, you're going to get a little bit chunky because instead of drinking, you're going to probably want to eat. So, um, Again, that's why I talk about those routines, those healthy routines. If you can get into those healthy routines um, and combat some of that sluggish feeling um, while you're detoxing or the desire and need to just cram every piece of pizza, hamburger, and Doritos down your throat, um, that's something that's a big, big move. So, But once you quit drinking and start eating more, you will gain some weight. So please Give yourself grace. Be gentle with yourself. And keep coming back. Honestly, even if you drink. If you come to the meeting on Saturday morning and we've introduced ourselves, we've shown you the coffee, we've given you a white chip, we have given you a big book and you go home on Saturday night and you drink, guess what? Come back Sunday morning. That's right. We'll give you a whole new chip for a whole new day. If you need to be a perpetual white chip collector for a while that's fine but the important thing is that you keep coming back the important thing is that you know that there are other people just like you I'm a one-time chipper I am and sometimes I wish I wasn't because I feel like there's more to learn in relapse but at the same time I'm very thankful that I haven't relapsed. I am very thankful because this is a disease of progression and it can kill you. 
Um, as you get more comfortable, arrive early and stay late. Get to know people. You know, we're there to reach out our hand to say hi to you. Eventually, you'll reach out your hand and say hi to someone else. It really is beautiful. AA as a whole, the circular side of things, the circle of life, if you so choose, is just absolutely stunning. Um, I love watching AA come full circle. And for me, I know you've heard me talk about getting into service. And you'll get there. You'll get there. Don't let anybody push you right away into getting into service at that time. But there is going to be a time for you to get into service. Stack chairs. That's it. Um, Get used to stacking chairs. I know that sounds silly. But stacking chairs, if you're at a place where it's not an AA building or you don't pay rent or have a special room... Um, you know, get used to stacking chairs and help clean up afterwards, you know, small, small things until you get to the point where you can possibly chair a meeting or do the coffee in the morning or be in charge of literature. But the more you come around, the more you will see how we are all alike. And remember to keep it simple, 24 hours at a time. That goes for all of us, not just the newcomer. And please remember, if you are not the newcomer, and if you are someone who has years of sobriety, a year of sobriety even, six months of sobriety, please remember that you were once there as well. Reach out your hand. Say hi to the newcomer. Dress decent at your meeting. Don't complain about how bad life is work your program. You have to remember that this program is not for us. This program is for that newcomer. And how you act, how you behave is setting the precedent for people watching you. You're setting a stage for people to go, oh my god, I want nothing to do with AA if that's how my life ends up. All right? So, um, this has been a little bit longer of an episode. And like I said, I, I I really wanted to talk about this because I feel so bad for my uncle who decided to never go back to AA because someone showed up disheveled, angry, talking about how the program doesn't work. Well, it does work. It works if you work it. And it won't if you don't. I, I mean, there's really two options. So... Um, what you choose to do with those options is up to you. Both have consequences, good and bad. But I am really glad that I got to come back and talk to you guys. Um, I've really, really missed you. I know that this has been a very strong episode, um, but I hope that you were able to hear how important it is, not only for the people at the meeting to be there for the newcomer, but for the newcomer to feel comfortable at the meeting. Um, this is for the newcomer. This is for them. Please don't forget who we are and how this program has worked for us. So until next time, you guys, I hope that you have an awesome weekend and I will see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Sober Girls Podcast, where we talk about our experience, strength, and hope to give you a brighter future in recovery. Please do not forget to subscribe, follow, save, and download so you can hear next week's episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Sober Girls Pod and online where I put all show notes and information at asobergirlspodcast.podbean.com. Also, soon you'll be able to subscribe to Patreon for additional features, so stay tuned. Until next time, fam, be well. Ooh.